Good morning, church. I trust you all well this morning as we continue to have our Sunday worship via technology on audio. And um, yeah, let us continue to keep on in prayer. Let us continue to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus as we endure this time of this pandemic from our family. We send love and greetings and have a blessed Sunday. Please turn with me to Acts chapter 17, verses 22 to 31. I'm going to read from Acts chapter 17, started, starting at verse 22. So Paul, standing in the midst of the Areopagus, said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way, you are very religious. For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you, the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. As even some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. Being then God's offspring, we ought not to think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of man. The times of ignorance. God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent, because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed, and of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your grace and mercy in our lives. Thank you that we can come before your word that I can continue to preach and encourage the church from your word this morning via technology. And we thank you for this. Help us, Father, to listen to what your word has to say. Help us to be mindful of the scriptures. But help us also to be doers of the scriptures. Not just this morning listen and walk away, but sit down and contemplate. Am I applying and doing God's word? So have mercy upon me, Father. Have mercy upon us all. Help me now to be clear and understood. And help me to be faithful and to be logic in what I say. Thank you again, Father, for the scriptures. Thank you again for your Son. And thank you again for the Holy Spirit who lives in us and helps us. What a great helper we have to endure the times that we are living in. Thank you, Father. Pray on us this all in Jesus' name. 
Amen. This morning I'm going to continue, as you know, from Acts chapter 17, especially looking at verse 25. Nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life, breath, and everything. So we're going to continue in this verse. And we're going to look at, Lord willing, two other things that we see God sustains us. But do we believe that God sustains us? Do we believe? And I asked that question last week. And did you reflect on it? What do you believe? What do we believe? And if we think God sustains us, then are we trusting in Him as the sustainer of our lives? And like I said, by the word sustain, I mean uphold. He, he upholds something for a period of time, not passively, but actively. I said I earn a salary to sustain my home, to uphold my home before I'm, before I'm active. But if I'm passive and I don't work, my home will not be sustained and it will fall apart. And that's the same with God. If God is passive and does not sustain this world, it will fall apart. It will just disintegrate. It would be destroyed. We wouldn't be in our homes this morning listening to this sermon. And scripture tells us this. If he should set his heart to it and gather to himself his spirit and his breath, all flesh would perish together and man would return to dust. I mean, what a privilege it is to have, have life. What a privilege it is to know that God gives us life and He sustains us. And He is active in our world as He sustains us. He upholds the universe by the word of His power. And Paul also says this of Christ, that in Him all things hold together. In Him all things exist. In Him all things are sustained. And in Him we live and move and have our being. And are we grateful? Are we thankful for this? But are we trusting God who sustains us with our lives? He is the source of all power and goodness. He is the sustainer of all life. He does not need to be sustained by us. We need to embrace the fact that God sustains us. So before we continue into our second and third thing, to help us to trust God daily. And that's what we want to do. Knowing that God sustains us. Then we want to trust Him. Because He gives us things. But He also uses these things to sustain us. But before we move into our second and third thing. Let me refresh our memory of our first thing. That we heard last week. From Acts chapter 17 verse 25. And that was God gives us life. And we read that in verse 25 of Acts chapter 17. And to know that God gives us life should cause us to trust Him more often than not. It's good to know from Scripture that God is the one that formed our inward parts. He's the one that knitted us together in our mother's womb. And I praise God for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are God's works. What a great verse that affirms that the Creator God made us and gives us life. And we must know that. We must know and believe that God made us. And that we did not come from 
or evolve from an ape or appear from a big bang or from some green slime ball. God made us and we need to make that known to people as we have the opportunity to share our worldview into their lives. That God is the one that made us, He's the one that gives us life and He's the one that sustains us. And, and, and Job reminds us that naked I came from my mother's womb and naked shall I return. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And Job here is telling us that God sustains life. God has planned out our days. They are numbered. He gives us things and he takes away things. And we are therefore to trust him with things he gives us and continue to trust him when he takes away the things that we had. And we must also be reminded that God also gives us eternal life. He's the one that has given us eternal life. He's the one that came and to give us life, that we may have life and have it abundantly. And do we wake up in the mornings thanking God for both our physical life and for our spiritual life? And do we go to his word so that he can give us the wisdom to trust him with both physical life and spiritual life? Yeah, you might be struggling with an ailment or with, with a sickness. Are you trusting your life? Are you giving God your life over to him and asking him for the wisdom to endure the situation? He made you. He knows what's going on in your body. So knowing this first thing, that God gives us life, that is both physical life and spiritual life, will we trust him more in our own lives? But here are another two things to help us to trust God daily. And we're going to look at our second thing now. And we need to know that God gives us breath. There it is in verse 25 of Acts chapter 17. And again, knowing that God gives us breath, again should cause us to trust Him with our lives. The same God that gives us life is the same God that gives us breath. He is the one who created us in his image, in his likeness. We did not evolve from a monkey or appear like I said from the Big Bang Theory. And this is what the world teaches us. Maybe 200 years, people believe that, that God created us. Look how, look how the Bible has been pushed to the one side. Creation has been pushed to the one side. And we need to. We need to refresh people's minds and remind them and, and teach them this great truth and point them to the Creator God who made us and gives us breath. Just like Moses tells us in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. There it is. The authoritative word of God, the truth is in the Bible. There it is. God telling us we became a living creature because God formed us from the dust and has breathed into our nostrils the breath of life. But did he do this for us to do as we please? No. 
He, he created us to function as his representative on earth to bring him glory and honor. He has given us breath to worship him, to honor him. And the only way people get to know this is if we are sharing our worldview with people around us. And, and, and looking back at verse 7 of Genesis chapter 2, that word formed suggests the potter making a work of art in his skilled hands. You've got this lump of clay and with the skill and ability that God has given you and with your hands, you form and make something out of it. And that's what God did. He formed us in our mother's womb wonderfully. That's why the human body is indeed a work of art. An amazingly complex organism that only the wisdom of God could design and the power of God create and God himself sustain. So thank God for creation. Thank God that he has breathed life into us. And, and when we talk about God breathing life into us, the language we use here is called anthropomorphic language. It, it speaks of God in human terms. We know God is spirit, and therefore he has no body parts. But it's, it's, it's how we can explain God to us. We use human characteristics for God to explain his work or his attitude. So it's a language that we use to explain. Like God holds us up with his good right hand. That's a human language to explain how God is sustaining us in this life. And it's important to, to look to God and it's important to be in the scriptures and to read them to see that God is the one that has given us breath. It's amazing that that when we get sick, and especially if we get bronchitis, or even now with this virus, which affects our oxygen levels, it affects our breathing, then we only see the value and the importance of, of our lungs and our breathing. And we should we should wake up every morning thanking God for for healthy lungs and for, for the air we breathe, this fresh air. And, and, and he's the one that has given it to us. He's given us the breath of life and he's the one that uses this breath to sustain us. And, and like, like I said, if he should take back his spirit to himself and gather to himself his breath, all flesh would perish together and man would return to dust. You've heard me say this from the pulpit often. Do we wake up in the morning and thank God for sparing us? Do we go to bed at night and thank God for sparing us? Because our days are numbered. Every breath we breathe in and we breathe out, we should be so thankful and mindful that it's all God's doing, that we are alive and breathing the air we breathe. But are we trusting God with our with the breath that he gives us. And not to not to over spiritualize this 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 
this next thing I'm going to say. But God also gives us spiritual breath. He gives us eternal breath. And, and how do I explain this? Well, I just think of there on the cross, Jesus died to forgive us our sins. But listen how he called out in his last breath, in his last words, in this loud voice. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. And there on the cross, Jesus breathed his last. The righteous man died for the unrighteous man to bring us to God, to give us eternal breath. God gave us his breath to give us eternal life. He gave up. Jesus gave up his breath. If we ever sat down and contemplated that verse, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. And thank God for that. So we can have eternal breath, eternal life. The second thing that God gives us, which is breath, will we not trust God more with that, with breath, with physical breath as well as eternal breath? We should be so grateful for God. It's only by His doing we are breathing. But let's look at our final and third thing to help us to trust God daily. And the third thing is to know that God gives us everything. And there, it is, is, there it is in verse 25 of Acts chapter 17. God gives us everything. He gives us life and breath and everything. Again, to know that God gives us everything should cause us to trust Him with our lives. But what do I mean by everything? Well, like it says, I mean everything. Your home that you're sitting in this morning, the couch that you're sitting in, the clothes that you are wearing. Because you came naked into this world. So whatever you have, whatever you possess, your possessions, your money, whatever you have, it is from God. Everything you have is from God. We just have to turn to Psalm 50 verse 10 to affirm this, to, 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 to embrace this truth. For every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the hills and, that, and all that moves in the field is mine, including us. God owns Everything, everything we have is a gift from God. He gives it to us and it is His. And He wants us to practice good stewardship with it. He gives us things to, to help those in need, to care for people that are struggling, that, that don't have as much as we have. Think, think, think. You might be, now this morning, you might be sipping a cup of coffee, drinking a cup of tea, having a biscuit, even our food is from God. He gives it to us. You might sit down and try and tell an unbeliever, you know, God is our provider. He's the one that gives us everything. And an unbeliever might say, but how's that? I work. I'm the one that physically goes and works. And I provide the food for myself. I give the food 
to myself, not God. How does he do it? I don't see him doing this. Well, in one sense, it's true. I, your pastor, I work. I provide food for my family. I put food on the table for my family. I provide things for my family. But as a Christian, we know the ultimate and final giver of life and provider and sustainer and controller of life is God. We are responsible to do these things. But the unbeliever will never sit down at the table and say grace and give thanks. Do we? Do we actually sit down? And let's just take the three meals of the day. Breakfast, lunch and supper. Do we sit down and thank God for his providence? Thank God for the food. That we have doing and to encourage us to see that God provides the beautiful thing is if we're in the scriptures we just got to look to see how God feeds the wild animals of the field for all these all look to you to give them their food in due season when you give to them they gather it up when you open your hand, they are filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. God provides food for the animals. Jesus also affirmed this. Look at the birds of the air. Your heavenly Father feeds them. And we have lots of birds around us here in Robertson. Lots of animals to see. What great pictures to look at and to learn from and to teach our children. The most beautiful thing when Jesus says, look at the birds of the air, your heavenly father feeds them. And then he said, this about us, are you not of more value than they? If God provides food and water for the birds, for the animals, and he says we are more valuable than them, will he not provide for us? We who are created in his image, in his likeness, to know that we are more valuable than them is to know that God will take care of us. Our problem is that when we have things, we squander them, we waste them, we, 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 we become greedy and, and pride gets in the way, which becomes a ruin to, to having things in moderation and sharing when we have more. Instead we hoard things. And we kind of create poverty around us as well. But it's so good to know. That you cause the grass to grow for the cattle and plants. For man to cultivate. And that he may bring forth food from the earth. And we should just bow down and thank God. For the food that we have. God sustains us. He gives us everything and, he, and with everything he sustains us. He sustains the universe. He knows when the rain needs to come. He knows when the heat needs to come. And when the rain comes, he gives water to everybody. And it's good to have things. It's not wrong to have things and to use them for your enjoyment as well. Because Paul writes to Timothy and reminds him in chapter 6. Read chapter 6 about the love of money is the root of all evil. But read there as well, God richly provides us with everything to enjoy. 
for ourselves to enjoy and to enjoy it with others as well. That's the beautiful thing about the Christian life. The Christian life takes our eyes off self and selfishness and God's love comes into our hearts and causes us to care and share and help meet other people's needs. Because the love of Christ that is coming to our hearts and is cultivated by His Word causes us to love people more, love our neighbor, instead of loving ourselves and only thinking of ourselves and become selfish, self-centered human beings. So will we, will we trust God more with everything and trust Him when we don't have much as well? And let us not forget there is also an internal inheritance. When I think of inheritance, yes, there's earthly inheritance that parents leave for their children. Proverbs says, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. But there's also an eternal inheritance that is waiting for us in the heavens. And that is something we work towards. And scripture says, God and Father, the Lord Jesus Christ has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for us. And are we storing up riches in heaven or are we only storing up riches on earth? And, and our inheritance, eternal inheritance is also our salvation, our new resurrected body, our new heavens and new earth that we're going to live in one day. And what a promise that we are promised an eternal inheritance. And are we trusting God with this? Are we trusting God with everything, including our eternal inheritance as we walk with Him in this fallen world? So this third thing that I just mentioned and gave to us from verse 25 of Acts chapter 18, which is everything. Are we trusting God with everything? Everything we have and possess. So what a great reminder to come to Scripture and to see from this verse that God sustains life. He's the one that gives us life. He's the one that gives us breath. He's the one that gives us everything. And life could be eternal life. And breath could be eternal breath. And everything could be eternal inheritance. But the question is, the God who sustains us, are we trusting Him with these things? So to help us, to keep trusting God with them, just keep looking to the cross. Keep fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. Keep your eyes in the Word as well. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly place. There is so much we have. Jesus became poor, so we might become rich in all the spiritual things we have. Rich in our character, rich in the fruits of the Spirit, joy and love and peace and goodness and kindness. But will we believe and will we embrace, knowing that God is the source of every good and perfect gift? Everything comes from Him. He gives us life. He gives us breath. He gives us everything. And by His goodness, He sustains them 
and he sustains us. What a great God who we can trust in. Will we trust in God daily with everything, knowing he sustains us? Let's pray. Father, we thank you and praise you for this beautiful verse that reminds us that you, the one that sustains us, you give us everything, you give us life, you give us breath, you give us everything. Everything is a gift from you. So please forgive us, Father, when we, when we take our eyes off you and we fix everything on the earthly things and we don't trust you and we lean on our own understanding and we try to be wise in our own eyes. Forgive us, Father. Be merciful to us, but help us to, to come to you this morning. Help us to, to reflect on this verse. Help us to be grateful and thankful, knowing that you sustain us and you use these things to sustain us as well. May we become folk who walk trusting you more often than not, looking to you more often and not for help. Have mercy upon us and forgive us, Father. Please comfort us today and help us. I pray and ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. And I just want to close with a verse from Revelation 7, verse 12. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. And God's children say, Amen.